I just want to pick up from where I left off last night. In addition to the verses I read to you last night from the Gospel of Mark, I want to add to those verses just one verse from Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. That means to tell what God has done for you. The Bible is only actually a written record of God's deeds among his people through the centuries. And then in the last chapter of the Gospel of Mark, I read to you here last night, 1718, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They, believers, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If you look at the last verse, verse 20, it says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, working for the Lord. No, that's not what it says. The Lord working with them. In other words, when you feel to walk across the aisle and lay hands on someone, you're not going alone. God is working with you. You have become his hands. You have become his voice. And he will back you. But you're his hands. You're his voice. You are the most powerful people, I reiterate from last night, on planet Earth. There is nothing out there that is greater than what is inside of us here tonight as believers. I am a believer. So with that in mind... <clears throat> Look at your neighbor and say, I am a believer. Don't sound real positive about that. Would you mind saying that again? I am a believer. Look back and say, and I've got what he's talking about. Look back and say, well, then use it. Tonight. Clap your hands, all you people. And just shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph because there is triumph in this house. Lord bless you. Thank you for standing so long. You may be seated. Let me tell you who I really am. I was not raised in this. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost October 6, 1963, when I was 23 years old. I went to a Baptist church as a child and uh, a young teenager, and I was involved with Billy Graham Crusades and that type of thing in my late teens, and then I was also involved with uh, the Evangelical Free Church. In the Evangelical Free Church, it was totally different than this. 
Because in the Evangelical Free Church, if you sneezed, it could disrupt the service. If you coughed, it could maybe wreck it for a while. Here, you could pass out in the spirit. <laughs> you could drop dead, actually. And nobody would think anything about it. They just think you were slain the spirit. We'll resurrect you later. That's, that's how we think. So this was a totally different experience for me. Totally. And I was very shy. I'm an introvert, an extrovert by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's really my story. But when I first got the Holy Ghost, uh, we worshipped in a basement of a parsonage, and it was nothing as lovely as this, not by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, it was all they had. They were building a new church, and so it was different to go to a basement and enter from the outside of the building, and the carpet was worn out, and the altar rail shook. When I finally got there, I found out that it did. And then uh, I never heard anything like it. They started the service at 95 miles an hour. I mean, they were off and going. And it took me a long time to get into it because I was shy. I mean, <laughs> this right here was major for me. This came much later, okay? But I started out with just this right here. I got this much and felt very good about it. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> Brother Butcher wanted me, my pastor, to see that what I was involved with now was not just this little church in the basement of Parsonage. So he took me to St. Paul, Minnesota, where the Bible school is there. Our Bible school is one of our schools is there. And he wanted me to go to this conference, and I had no idea what I was going to. I never heard anything like it. I never heard anything like it in all my life. But in one of the day's sessions, they had someone speaking. Her name was Vesta Mangan. And uh, Brother Butcher took me to hear her. I had no idea. I'll never forget it. She had on a red, red dark red velvet crushed hat, beautiful white hair upon the back of her neck, and a black suit dress on. She preached about personal evangelism and going door to door knocking. When she finished, I listened to full grown men sit on those pews in that whole session and scream and cry with conviction. People were on the floor. I never saw anything like that in the Evangelical Free Church, the Baptist Church, or Billy Graham Crusades, nothing like that. I walked up to her and I said, Sister Mangan, I just reached my hand and I said, I want to do what you're doing. She said, Lee, we'll put your name on our prayer list on the wall in Alexandria prayer room. And she did. And they prayed for me. <clears throat> she had a tremendous influence on me in the beginning. Then I went right off to Bible school, and uh, they had this Billy Cole from Thailand came. And uh, we'd had different speakers come to the chapel services, but 
when he spoke, and I've heard all the things that he talks about in Ethiopia and Papua New Guinea and all those places, but the stories he told about Thailand forever, ever changed my life. When he finished, people were absolutely sobbing, sobbing when he finished. The power of God fell in that place, and they, we had to close the school down for the rest of the day. There was just an, an ongoing prayer meeting. It was unbelievable. I walked up to him at the end of that, and I said, Billy, I want to do what you're doing. Then, Brother Butcher took me to another meeting, <clears throat> to a general conference. I'd never seen so many people worship. It was just amazing to me with my background. And the last night, they had this man speaking, T.W. Barnes. I knew nothing about him. I wasn't raised in this. I never heard his name before. But Brother Butcher knew who he was. And we sat back about a third of the way back, right from the front of the pulpit. I've never seen anything like this before or since. But when they introduced him, he walked to the pulpit. When he stepped in the pulpit, full-grown adults jumped to their feet in that audience, screaming and crying and spinning and speaking with tongues and fell in the aisles of that auditorium receiving the Holy Ghost and being healed. I had never seen anything like that anywhere in my life. I went up to him at the end. Or I stepped my foot. I said to Brother Butcher, I want to meet him. He said, we'll wait for you, boy. So I walked down front up the steps, and Brother Barnes was over here with his back to me talking to somebody, but he was very sensitive in the spirit world and to human spirits. And so when I put my right foot on the top on, on that platform and stepped up on it, he stopped and turned and looked directly at me. I walked to him, straight to him. I had no idea what to say to him, except I just gave him my hand, and I said, Brother Barnes, I want to do what you're doing. He said, boy, I'll pray for you. I am a combination of Vesta Mangan, Billy Cole, and T.W. Barnes. That's who I am. Because you become a part of everyone you meet, especially if you like that person. They come off on you. There are times when I'm preaching, I, I can feel Vesta Mangan's angel. There's something, sometimes I'm preaching and I, I feel myself walking like Brother Barnes walks when he preaches. There are other times I've done Holy Ghost rallies and I can feel Billy Cole's angel there. That's who I really am. I'm a part of those people, of those ministries. And God is trying to help us in this hour to give what we are, who we are to each other. We've got to do it. I tell young people everywhere and adults, take anything you can get from me.
and use it, but don't mention my name. You've shot yourself in both feet. Just take whatever you can get from me and go out and do it and use it. I don't need the credit. I can't do it anyhow. I just talk about him. That's who we really are, people. We need to get beyond who we are, and we need to get involved in what God wants us to do. That's exactly what's going on in this meeting right here. I've been praying every day that you people will never be the same again. Something's broke last night. Something turned. We made a turn in the service last night, not only for China, but for here. Something happened among you people. Something was bestowed upon you. Tap again if you believe that and just receive it in your own spirit. <clears throat> Jesus, 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 I praise you. So I'm telling people, take anything you can get from me. Go out and do it. Use it. Here, I want to tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm quite sure you're never going to hear someone step in a pulpit and say something that's never been said in 6,000 years. I mean, come on. We all got it from somebody. We're just telling what we've known. Make known his deeds among the people. Tell what God has done for you. You say you can't witness, you can't do this. Tell People, this whole world loves stories. Look at the libraries in this city. The library. Everybody wants to read a story. You've got the greatest story the world has ever heard. And no one has a story just like yours. No one has a story just like yours. If you tell your story, it will cause people to be drawn. If you lift him up, he will, the people will be drawn to him. Right. Mm, mm. Oh. Lichashatofrahashataya Clap your hands again. I feel a kind of spirit of rejoicing in this place and great expectancy. God saved us to be Not a wallflower in some church, but to win souls. God saved me to help reach someone else. I've known of some believers among us that lived an entire lifetime coming to church, but they never won one soul in their entire life. I know preachers that have pastored for 60 years and retired at 65 and never turned out one pastor, preacher, or missionary. That is a curse to all of us. Because if you've got what I've got, you can do what I'm doing. You can do what the apostles did because we've got what they've got. We've got that same thing from Acts chapter 2 in verse 38. This thing shook the world then, destroyed the Roman Empire, and I'm on a campaign to shake it again and destroy this empire because there's nothing out there that is greater than what you and I have got to hold up. I'm excited about that. There's something going on with people all over our movement. Something is happening. People, people are, there's revival all over in America. There's revival because where they want it, God is just turning handsprings for them. He'll do it. Where they don't want it, he doesn't bother to stop. He just keeps on going down the road. 
But if you want what he wants and you want what he wants done, God will do things that you've never seen before. You haven't seen what God is going to do yet. You haven't seen all the things he's able to do or the things he can do. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things, but I, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of what God wants done in this world. I was telling Brother Woodward today, Billy Cole said to me once, for example, there are 7 billion people in the world right now, over 7 billion people in the world. Billy Cole got angry one day and he said to me, he said, Lee, if God wants some big something done in this world, he's going to have to put some big something on somebody. He's right. Because Jesus is not coming back. Angels can't do it. The whole burden is upon us. What I'm saying is we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is our day like no other day we have ever lived in. At the turn of the last century, and I've gone through this, I've thought about this a lot and worked with it and prayed over it. At the turn of the last century, there were men among us that were mightily used by God. But for some reason, they did not mentor anyone. They did not impart to anyone else what they had a hold of. Maybe they wanted to be unique in their day, in their generation. Maybe they didn't see the need of it. I don't know what the reasoning was. But they did not impart what they had a hold of. And when they died, what they had a hold of died with them. I don't want that to happen to me. That's why I've said, I want you to take anything you can get from me and go out and do it. This gospel works if you just have the infortitude, if you have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and tell it. If they say, I don't want to hear it, go away. I'm not stupid. I make an about face and go the other direction. He didn't tell me to save him. He told me to tell him. And I'm going to tell him. And I'll leave the rest with him. But I want to tell you something. I feel enough anointing among you people. I've been coming here long enough that I can tell you that you people are anointed. And when you talk to people, they feel more than just your voice. They hear more than just your words. They feel a power coming out of you, coming to them. And they may turn you off for the moment, but they'll never escape what they felt about you and around you. And that is the thing that gets a hold of them. Because they may think they can, they can slam the door in your face, but when they try to sleep at night, they keep hearing your words. They keep hearing your word. They keep hearing your word. That's how the gospel works. That's how it works. It's like a fire. It's like a fire that cannot be shut up. It cannot be silenced. It cannot. You're the most powerful people on the face of the earth. You've got the power. You've got resurrection power inside of you. Ah, ah. Again, clap in excitement. Just clap in excitement over what you feel. Oh. 
I've always been bold in this. I always have been. I was in trouble in Bible school. I've got to, I got myself in all kinds of trouble. And uh, because I was just telling everybody, bringing people to church and everything, and some of the students, I think probably they meant, well, I don't know, really. <laughs> One day in the hall at ABI, five or six of these boys got together with me, and they said, look, Brother Strong, we want to talk to you. I said, well, fine. We, we walked down to that hall. I think about this every once in a while. I'm sure I've told you before. Anyway, they said, you are a fanatic. They said, you've got the whole school upside down. We think you need to settle down and become more calm. <laughs> When they got all finished, I said, well, I have one thing to say. It's going to get worse. <laughs> and it has. And where are they? And where am I? I'm still at it. This thing is real. He's alive. He is alive. He is alive. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. This Jesus is walking in this place here tonight. Angels are in this place here tonight. We feel the presence of a resurrected Christ. Have you ever noticed something? The devil fought Jesus from his birth all the way through the, to the crucifixion. But once Jesus was raised from the dead, you will not find one place in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John where the devil ever went near Jesus after he was resurrected from the dead. The devil wanted nothing to do with that resurrection power. Since you have been baptized in Jesus' name and you came out of the water, you, and you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got resurrection power in you. You've got the greatest deliverance you've ever known or could expect or ever desire or ever want or covet. It's already alive inside of you. Why don't you let that out? Why don't you let that demonstrate? itself uh, uh, Jesus I praise you I praise you oh, oh. brother Shovel and I were in a restaurant and uh, it's a place we eat every once in a while there and um, this uh, the host his name is Chris he sees us, and he, we were sitting in a booth where we normally sit, and he walked over to us, and, and I asked him how, his, how he was. His name is Chris, and um, he said, I've got trouble with my, with my arm. I said, really? And uh, Jonathan was across from me, and I said, well, let me have your hand. <laughs> he had no idea what was coming. <laughs> I, I took a hold of his hand. I just began to pray. I just prayed in Jesus' name that God would heal him. We did it, didn't we? Jonathan's praying with me. Well, he walked away. I mean, how many customers do things like that for you? Not many. We went back a couple weeks later when we walked into the restaurant. Chris was there. He went, he went, it works. People, it works. This thing works. This thing works. And he's been our friend from that day since. Every once in a while, 
we get served a uh, free dessert because he's put a plug in for us and we get it. <laughs> I preached a revival in uh, Memphis, Tennessee years ago when Brother uh, was it my, my <clears throat> can't think of his name right now. It's a senior moment. Don't worry about senior moments. Worry about senior days. That's where the problem really gets bad. <laughs> anyway, we were there preaching, and we had a tremendous move of God one night. It was a singles conference, and about 1,500 people were in that audience that year. Some of those women, they really got a hold of God in their service. They were just worshiping. It was amazing. And about six of them went out to Cracker Barrel because it stays open late at night. And so they went to the Cracker Barrel and they were sitting. The place was filled with people. They're over here in the corner around the round table and they get to talking about God, you know, because they're still just alive with it, you know. And um, the waitress comes over and one of the women said to her, they said, uh, are you all right? And the, the, girl, the waitress said, no, I'm not. And the girl started crying. They said, we'll pray for you. They began to pray for her. God filled her with the Holy Ghost standing right there at the table where they were seated. That's what believers are supposed to be doing. They were believers, real Bible believers. The manager saw what was going on, and she came running and said, what is this? They said, we'll show you. They prayed her through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there at the same table. That night, 11 people at Cracker Bell received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues. Clap your hands, all ye people, and rejoice in the presence of the Lord. A believer, we are believers in this place here tonight. Oh. Oh. I was at one general conference, one of the last ones I went to, and um, Steve Willoughby was there, and he and I were praying with someone at the altar. We prayed several people through the Holy Ghost. That particular night, there was over a thousand people got the Holy Ghost. There were many people praying for them, though, and the gift of faith was there, but we had prayed some people through. Well, we were, the, we were some of the last two to leave, actually, when it was all over. But um, during the time we were praying, some, one of our believers, some woman came running to me. She said, oh, Brother Stone King, come quickly, she said. This woman, she's, she's devil-possessed. Come and cast the devil out. I said, no, you go. You're a believer. Go. That's just how I did it. She stared at me. She ran over there. She grabbed that woman and cast the devil out of that woman. That woman fell on the floor and began to speak with tongues. That's exactly, people, who you are. That's exactly who we are. That's exactly what God is trying to do with us in this hour. Mm. Most of the healings that happen in the meetings and the conferences I'm preaching now are not because I call people out, not because I have a healing line, not because I anoint them, not because I lay hands on them. No. I just have everyone in the audience who needs a miracle of healing to stand. 
And then I have all the believers around them lay hands on them and command them to be healed in Jesus' name. All kinds of things are happening, aren't they, Jonathan? All kinds of things are happening because it's not in me, it's in Jesus. It's in you as a believer. You've got what I've got to hold up. You can do this because that thing is inside of you. And I've got a feeling the Holy Ghost is churning inside of you, some of you here tonight. I pray that God gives you a vision to become bold like you've never been in all of your life. And you get out there and just do it. And if you get in trouble, we'll cover for you. <laughs> I think it was in 2006 I preached an apostolic conference in Madison, Mississippi Jerry Dillon has this great conference every year and I was there that year preaching it there was a tremendous move of God. And uh, when I had finished preaching and there were, the altar was full of people, but there was a man and woman came to me. And uh, I, I leaned down to them and they said, Could we, may we talk to you? I said, yes. They said, Brother Strong King, we have a son. His name is Joshua Van Dievender. They were from Oregon. He was involved in an industrial injury and he destroyed his back. 80%, he was considered to be 80% fully disabled. Two discs, there was no fluid in them and one disc was bulging out. And this man and woman said to me, Brother Sister Van Dievender from Oregon, they said, Brother Strong King, may we stand in for our son, Joshua. He is, he can't stand. He can only take a few steps and he'll fall. If he closes his eyes to raise his hands, he will, he will pass out. He will fall over. He's just, he's just basically confined to a wheelchair. He could barely walk at all with holding on to things. <clears throat> and the doctor told Joshua, he said, he said, you will never walk again. Josh said, well, God can heal me. And the doctor looked at him and said, I don't care how much you pray, you will never walk again. I didn't know this, but Joshua, in Oregon, the service was Comcast there in Mississippi. And Josh was in a wheelchair watching the service live. He heard everything that was said. He saw his mother and father come up to me. He could hear, and because I had the mic, and I told the people to pray. And when I laid hands on them and prayed, the only thing I can say or tell you is the thing I know I felt it go from me. 
get feel it go. When that happened in Oregon, a couple thousand miles away, Josh felt a warmth in his legs and he knew it was God. He took his hands and got a hold of the arms of that wheelchair and pulled himself up and stood on his own, raised his hands, closed his eyes, and did not faint or fall. He started dancing in his own living room, ran outside, and ran up and down in the driveway. I just talked to him. I just talked to him on the phone a week ago. He's now pastoring his father's church. He's married, got beautiful children. He's totally healed, totally healed, totally healed because I'm a believer. I am a believer. I am a believer. If you really believe right now and feel that you are a believer, I want you just to come to your feet and lift your hands and just cry out to God. Just cry out to him. Because when you do, he is answering now. There are flames of fire over the heads of those right now that are worshiping. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop worshiping. Out of that fire is an anointing. Out of that fire is an anointing. Again tonight, possess what is on you. Possess what is on you. Possess it in the name of Jesus. If you honestly, if you honestly feel tonight that after what you've heard here, what has been imparted, if you have been changed and something has come to you that you've never had a hold of before, I want you to honestly come to the front and just stand here and lift your hands and thank God for it. Because I want you to go out of here tonight possessing what you did not have when you walked in here. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. Possess it. Just simply possess it. Just simply possess it. You need to shout with your voice tonight and say, I've got it.